we hear from the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything to stand firm, stand therefore and fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flames of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert. And always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me so that when I speak a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. In an essay on poetry, Carl Sandburg quoted um, a little boy who had just pulled up a stalk of Uh, corn from the soil the boy's father says I guess you're getting to be pretty strong now and the boy answered well I guess I am the whole earth had a hold of the other end and was pulling against me now this young man had a healthy understanding of who he was he had a strong understanding of his identity the boy was growing in strength and, and stature and he seemed to be grateful for it In our scripture today, we discover um, the writer of Ephesians encouraging his audience to not forget who they are, to remember their identity as followers of of Jesus. He's instructing them how to live as Christ's followers by putting away their old behaviors, the way they used to live concerned only with themselves, and turn themselves towards God and towards others. Now, the writer of Ephesians does this by using Pauline language of clothing. He says, put on the whole armor of God. The writer of this this book is steeped in Old Testament understanding of what it meant to be people of God. As here and as in other places of visions, he draws on the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 61.10 says, for he has clothed me with a robe of salvation and wrapped me in a mantle of justice. In other places, Paul Uh, speaks of uh, the clothing of uh, of Jesus. In Romans, he says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the desires of flesh. In Galatians, he says, you're all sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ, for all of you were baptized into Christ and have clothed yourselves with him. Earlier in the book of Ephesians, we hear the writer saying, put away uh, your old self, the former way of life that was corruptful and, and, um, and deceitful and put on the new self created in God's image. <clears throat> it's, this is baptismal language. Last week I shared with you a little bit about the early church uh, baptism. Uh, the candidates for baptism 
would take off all of their clothes before they were baptized. We don't do that anymore. But they did. And then when they were baptized, they would come out of the baptismal waters and they would put on a new white robe, putting on the clothing of Christ. This passage of Scripture, the writer tells us to put on the whole armor of God. He's saying to us, put on the whole of Christ. Paul instructs us to put on the whole of Christ, describing the different parts of the armor of a Roman soldier. He uses these parts to symbolize the spiritual protection from God. The belt of truth is the Christ of truth. The breastplate of righteousness is Christ of righteousness. The shoes for our feet that make us able to spread the gospel of peace is Christ the Prince of Peace. We arm ourselves with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. He's telling us to put on the clothes of Jesus. I remember when I was in elementary school, my mom and dad would take me to get clothes for the new school year. It was an interesting process. In the end, I would walk away from the store with a pair of jeans, some shirts, shoes that were always too big for me. The jeans would crinkle up in the waist a little bit, and the shirt hung off my shoulders a tad, and the shoes were a wee bit too long in the toe. I didn't like it then, and I don't like it now. I'm not suggesting you do this. But this shows that we can grow into our clothes. <clears throat> the clothes of truth and righteousness and peace and faith and salvation, they're always going to be just a little bit too big for us. They may hang off of our waist a little bit and too big in the shoulders, too long in the toe, but the writer of Ephesians says that we'll grow into them. We're given these clothes at our baptism, and it takes a lifetime to grow into them. I was at Lake Junaluska for a workshop several years ago, and I saw that Dr. Carl Hurley was going to be performing there. Anybody recognize that name? Dr. Hurley was a, um, a university professor at East, Eastern Kentucky University. Um, he had a knack for comedy. He became known as the funniest professor in America. So he stopped professoring, and he went to comedian. And so that's what he did. But I remember hearing a story by Dr. Hurley talking about clothes. He shared that there was an elderly deacon at a Baptist church who wore the same suit to church week in and week out, year after year, when soon the, the uh, suit became threadbare, almost unwearable, some of the wealthier members of the church took up a collection to buy him a suit. And the deacon was very kind and very respectful. He took the money. And being from a small town, you know everything that happened. So they learned that he went to the men's store and bought a nice suit. And the man, the following Sunday, they were expecting him at the Baptist church. But he never arrived. And so they went to talk with him, thought they may have hurt his feelings. And he said, no. He said, I really like my suit. I put it on and I stood in front of the mirror and it looked good and it made me look good. In fact, I, I, I was so good looking, I looked good enough to go to the Episcopal church. And <laughs> I did. Now, now, Dr. Hurley talks about this clothing 
as, as a, um, a graduation, right? He, put, he got this new suit, so he graduated from the... The book of Ephesians, this is not about graduating. It's about living into the clothes that were given at our baptism. The clothes the author of Ephesians speaks of are clothes that will protect us from the weather that's thrown our way by life's adversities and, and temptations. Clothes that will enable us to be faithful followers of Jesus. Clothes enabling us to, to live in peace and mercy and love and compassion and justice. These are clothes that allow us to claim our identity as children of God, as disciples of Jesus Christ. Again, these clothes are given to us at our baptism. And they are clothes that we grow into as we grow into the grace of God throughout our lives. Our scripture this morning is instructional. It's instructional for us to intentionally participate in the spiritual formation of our lives. Now, there's an operative word in that last sentence I said. It was intentional or purposeful. You see, we're all spiritual beings. And we are formed spiritually each and every day. We can be deformed, or we can be formed appreciatively. We can be formed in the grace of God. We have to decide that, though, how we're going to be formed. Are we going to be formed in truth and righteousness and peace and faith and salvation? Or are we going to be formed and shaped by the dominant values of society that are driven by power and lust and greed? And to be sure, we enter that... Uh, that um, part of our society at different levels but whatever level we enter into power lust and greed uh, this lifestyle is deforming and uh, it leaves us wanting it leaves us thirstier it leaves us hungrier for things that do not satisfy us so what is spiritual formation and importantly what is christian spiritual formation what does it mean to be shaped and molded and formed into a vessel of truth and righteousness and peace and faith and salvation on the the, um, the wheel, the potter's wheel of God. In short, it is a process of being conformed to the image of Christ for the sake of others. I'm going to say that again. It is the process of being formed and shaped in the image of Christ for the sake of others. <clears throat> Christian spiritual formation is a process, and that's not a word we like that much. We live in a world of instant gratification. We live in a world where the perpetual temper tantrum of a child lives in each one of us. We, we live out that, that quote that says, I want what I want when I want it, and I don't want it now, don't we? Uh, but when we recognize that, when we can recognize that, we're able to, to um, speak to it and then to begin living in the clothes of discipleship. There was a seeker after truth, and he traveled to this wise Christian teacher for help. And he went there and said, tell me, please, wise one, how did you become so holy? Two words. Well, what are they, please? Right choices. And how does one learn to choose correctly? One word. Growth. And how does one learn to grow? Words. Truth, right? That's truth. See, all of life is about choices, good choices and bad choices. But the process of spiritual formation allows us to grow in and learn from those bad choices and live into those good choices. It's a, uh, a process of being conformed to the image of Christ. 
Notice that the spiritual formation is not our conforming ourselves, but being conformed by God. English poet William Henley captured the spirit of our current culture and dominant values of society, which, by the way, I think is in every, dominant, every society, when he wrote, I am the master of my fate, I am the captain of my soul. And we know that's just not true, right? As children of God, as followers of Christ, we come to understand that God is the initiator of our growth. And we are the clay on the wheel of potter God. We are the clay on the wheel of potter God who shapes and forms us in the image of Jesus when we offer ourselves to God. When we realize that we're not the master of our fate or the captain of our soul, when we give up the illusion of being in control of our lives, we become malleable and uh, being able to be formed by God's Spirit. You know, no matter how loudly the American culture uh, shouts to us about uh, self-made people, none of us can uh, lift ourselves up by our own bootstraps. It just doesn't happen. In the end, to grow into the disciple of Jesus, to grow into those clothes, we have to give our lives over to God who liberates us from our bondage, who makes us whole where we're broken, who cleanses us from those places where we have made bad choices, who brings forth life from within us and those places that have felt dead. So how can you tell if you're being formed in the image of Christ? Well, are you God-oriented and others-oriented, or are you self-oriented? Where are you giving over to the voice of, of the one calling you? Is it God or is it that, that voice within us that says, I want what I want when I want it and I want it now? Are we being formed into persons of compassion and forgiveness and uh, that cares deeply for others? Are we growing into the clothes of Jesus' truth and righteousness and peace and faith for the sake of others? We're created in the image of God and God wants us to grow in this gift. Grow through worship, through holy communion, through prayers, through scripture study with others, through sharing Christ by tangible ways, through spiritual formation. Would you take your order of service and look at the bulletin insert where it says, tell me more? Look at these wonderful places to find a way to enter into spiritual formation, financial peace, learning to be a good steward of our, of our resources, covenant Bible study, Wednesday night Bible study, Fear of the Other by Rob Hogarth leading that, Wednesday Vespers, and Carly Prinshaw is going to be a, teaching a class on becoming a welcoming church. The choir meets every Sunday, I mean every Wednesday at 7.30 to rehearse. There are so many opportunities with Sunday school and other small groups. Growing into the clothes of Jesus Christ enables us to experience the joy of salvation. And growing into the clothes of Christ is done best with one another. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, it is with gratitude that we, we hear your call to us to be conformed into the image of Jesus. Oh God, something does stir deep in us when we hear this call from you. It is the memory of something we are called to have been, but we are not, but we could be as we give ourselves to you. So forgive us, God, and stir up this hunger in our hearts 
until it becomes that consuming passion of our lives to grow into the clothes of discipleship for your son Jesus.